Welcome to Boundless Body Radio. We have another special guest for you today. We are here today with Neil Anderson. Neil, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Let's give you a uh, quick intro. Neil, Neil Anderson, noted for creating some of the finest, strongest, and most injury-free bodies in the biz, Neil is one of the most sought-after fitness experts in the nation. His innovative methods and techniques have been featured worldwide in every form of media. Neil is a highly successful 20-year-old veteran personal trainer. He figures conservatively that he has personally conducted over 50,000, wow, 50,000 one-on-one personal training sessions. That does not count the thousands of people he has trained in groups. During this time, he has achieved a degree in exercise science from the Utah State University and has attained more than 13 professional certifications. He's the official team trainer of the Utah Jazz Dancers, uh, University of Utah Dancers, and Utah Blaze Dancers. He credits his years of medical training, physical therapy, and cardiac rehab for his unique understanding of the human body. Neil's nationally regist- Neil is nationally registered and trademark. Oh, excuse me. Neil's nationally registered and trademark GPP Fitness concept has helped thousands of people worldwide improve their health, their fitness, and their lifestyle. That is quite the resume. Yeah, well, I wrote that a few years ago, so <laughs> I did my best. I don't think the Utah Blazer are around anymore. Um, <laughs> so I have known you now for three days, and I already have a bone to pick with you, oh, um, nice. which is why I'm talking with you today. Um, Three days ago, we had um, the opportunity, um, well, I had the opportunity to interview one of my really good friends, John Abzi, who was the jazz bear for years and years. He's a great guy. Great guy. Um, yeah. I have worked with him, done a few personal training sessions with him, and known him for a lot of years, and so I kind of knew the direction I wanted to go with the conversation. And so, you know, when I'm studying for these, I'll just kind of walk around the neighborhood, and I will, um, you know, kind of write some notes down on my phone. I had basically my whole script done on Monday yeah. and I sent it to him and I had a little bit of extra time. And so I decided to take one more lap walking around my neighborhood and I found your podcast mm-hmm. and I pulled it up and listened to it. And you had the exact same podcast already done. Is that right? Yes. He's such an easy podcast. He is, but I'm talking about you. I yeah. want to know what kind of scoundrel would get into my phone Time travel back 10 months, do the same podcast that I wanted to do, and then, yeah. like, you posted it on my birthday, January 13th. Is that right? Yeah. That's awesome. So, that's not awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I had to Listen, my whole script. I'm certainly sorry, but I'll tell you this like, um, John is such a fascinating human that it would bear repeating. Anything yeah, it would. he had to say it would, would bear repeating. So, I would guess that. Um, Either way, even if all you did is just replay his, replay our conversation, it would it'd be interesting again. So I'm glad it you was, did it. Well, it was, I'm glad you did it with him. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good, um, it was a really good opportunity to talk to him. Um, I just, I really loved the way you approached the conversation, and that's Thank what you. prompted me to reach out immediately. Um, there's another podcast that I will link in the show notes where you are interviewed and you talk about some of your um, core values, and I just felt like that really aligned with what we want to do, and so I, I just am really happy to have you on. Really grateful for your time. Well, thank you, man. You do your homework. Oh, geez. Um, well, <laughs> a bit of time in my hands. <laughs> um, why did you get into fitness? I loved it, and I hated um, physical therapy. I thought for sure I was going to be a therapist. I went to school um, pre-physical therapy, and then I went over and, and got a job at Brigham City Community Health um, Center. It was a little tiny hospital up in, in Brigham City. And 
I started doing it and I really thought for sure my calling would be to help people heal. And I went worked my way all the way through school doing that and hated it. I hated it. Why? Um, I guess because you work with two types of people really in therapy. You, you work with the types of people who get better and go away and you never see them again ever, which is what you want, right? You want them to heal. Or you work with people who are chronic or even dying. And I didn't have the right mentality for it. Wow. I couldn't handle the, the I, I guess, the, the fact that this was terminal and it didn't have a high Be outlook. Hard. It was hard on me. Like the, the people that do that are saints. The people that do that are amazing. So, you know, um, hats off to those folk. Somewhere uh, in the middle of that, person, that physical therapy gig I was doing, I started working in cardiac rehab. Cardiac rehab is where folks, you know, they get their chest split open and little grafts sewn on their heart. And right after that, we go down in the hospital and we walk them around and we start exercising them back to health. And I loved that because they get better. And watching their progress and watching every little step and every little piece that you put on them and seeing that sort of turn into something that got better and better and better. And a lot of these folks had been sick for decades and then like you are responsible or lucky enough to kind of hand them a little hunk of their health back, that just jazzed me. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. And then you turn it up a, little, a notch and you get, back then, you know, you'd, you'd watch their heart rates on the EKG and there was a lot of anomalies and it was all sketchy. And so we'd watch that go and, and, and every day that things would get better and better and better. And I just loved it. So one day this lady was at the personal train, was at the, uh, um, physical therapy and she was her insurance would only pay for X amount of therapy sessions and she wasn't done. And that's kind of a, an unfortunate reality with that industry is they have X amount that you need, but there's only X amount that they'll pay for and it never meets the, what you need. So afterwards she was like, I still don't know what exactly to do. And the therapist was frustrated and he was like, Neil, why don't you do this? Once you go in the back of the therapy in the back of the hospital here and they've got a cool little weight room and it was tiny but he was like, why don't you go back there at night and just help her? I'll bet she'll pay you some money. And I was like, I'd do it for free. I love this, right? So we go in the back, and she paid me $20 to show her how to use the orthotron machine, which was kind of a, a thing that bends your knees and straighten your knees under pressure, you know? And then she was like, can we do this again tomorrow night? And I'm like, yes, we can. Absolutely. 20 bucks. Yeah. Can I have 20 bucks again? And she's like, yeah, no problem. I was like, people pay for this. Look at this. And I was jazzed. I loved it. And pretty soon she told some friends and then they told some friends. And I had a pretty full blown business out of the back of the hospital at Brigham City Community Hospital up there. And I was like, this is all I ever want to do. This is all I ever want to do. I just want to help people. I just want to be involved in this. And I want to be involved in it in ways that are, um, for me, um, stimulating. I loved it. That's so awesome. I started doing that in 1994, and that's all I've ever done. That's awesome. Was it important for you to um, kind of focus on the, I guess I would call it prehab versus the rehab, to get on front of something before it became a problem? Um, I guess, I, I, guess I, I don't completely understand that question. Um, for me, it's like prehab and rehab – they seem to have the same effect, right? Like moving your body is healthy. Yeah. Let me rephrase. I guess, um, was, it, was it better for you to work with people one-on-one -on -one before they ever got to the point of chronic disease, chronic illness, and try to bring them back before it's too far gone? I don't care, and I don't kind of believe in too far gone. 
Um, I guess that contradicts a little bit of what I just said, but yeah, like anybody that really comes in and gets after it, they, they'll always see at least a modicum of health. You know, the ones that were really sad to me is we'd go down and ambulate patients down in the hospital, pick them up and walk them around. And the thing that was bad for me is some of these people were terminal, right? And the, the stand up and walk around was going to end. And I was always amazed too. Like they'd stand up, they'd walk around the hospital. You'd have a stimulating, wonderful conversation. Then you'd go down in the afternoon to walk them again. They'd be gone. Wow. That's hard. It was hard for me. I didn't like it. I wanted everybody to get better. Hmm. You know, I want people to get better. Interesting. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about your facility here, GPP, what that means and what you're all about? Yeah. So I started... After about 16 years in the trenches, working in gyms, um, I, I started, the, the gym world started to change, right? The gym world used to be this beautiful thing where you'd go in and you'd start training people. You'd train them to get healthy. And then somewhere along the way, people started seeing dollar signs in it, namely people that are in charge of gyms. They started seeing, well, there's some dollar signs in that. So they started saying, all right, well, look, what we ought to do is... Uh, instead of just charging you 500 bucks a month to, to train out of the facility, because that's how it was back then. I just walked into a gym and I was like, if I paid you 500 bucks a month, could I train people? And they're like, you promise 500? I'm like, yes, I do. They're like, you got it. Uh, uh, that's terrific. You bet. And then they started getting greedy and they're like, you know what? We, we've been thinking about it and it looks like you're doing pretty good. We'd like a thousand. And I was like, yes, sir. Here's your, here's your thousand. <laughs> you got it. And then pretty soon they were like, oh, we think two or three or four or 5,000. And then pretty soon they wanted half. And then pretty soon they wanted 75%. And now I think the way it is is that they'll pay you X amount of dollars and then they're going to keep all the rest of it, right? Um, and then as if that wasn't bad enough, because it got to the point where you couldn't make a living anymore, not very well. You'd really have to hustle 25, 30 clients a day. And that had to be every single day. And that was wearing me out. And then pretty soon... Um, they'd start sitting you down and they'd have these rah-rah meetings. And I'm not a sales guy. I'm a trainer. It's all I've ever wanted to be. Just want to help people. I, under, I love nerding out on, on um, physicality. I love physiology. I just love that stuff, right? And if you sit down and put me in a room and tell me I got to go aim for some numbers or, you know, I have a quota and then we got to start checking up on each other and we all put our fists in the middle and sing rah-rah to the gym. I'm out. I hated that. And it got to the point where I'd been fired from two or three jobs and it was looking like I was going to be fired from every job for the rest of my life. So it just got to the point where it was like, I got to take my thing and I got to go do it. And part of the reason that I had to take my thing was because during this time, this is going back over a decade ago, people would go like this. They'd, they'd say, all right, we want you guys now to start training like we train. Here's what we don't want to have happen. They'd never say this to you, but you knew, right? Here's what we don't want to have happen. We don't want you to get popular with your cool methods and techniques, and then you get all the clients, and then you get all bent out of shape because we intend to treat you wrong. And so when we do treat you wrong and you get bent out of shape, you could go across the street, take your specific method that we don't really know, and then we'll lose all of our clients. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to start training our way. Okay, I didn't really care like how much education or how much time and energy you put into learning your thing. 
What we want you to do now is we want you to start doing everything by NASM protocol or ACSM protocol or whoever the hell, right? So I was like, wait a minute. I really do believe in my stuff. I'm, I'm an intentional human. I, I do what I do on purpose, and it works. It's terrific, right? Let me teach it to you. Maybe you guys want to bring it up. They're like, no, don't care. Don't care. By the way, where's your sales this week? Like, did you turn in your quotas? Did you turn in your paperwork? And I'm like, you know, this is driving me crazy. You know, I can't stand this. And I was lucky at the time because I had quite a few clients, and they were, we'd, we'd bash heads, and They'd be like, well, you're, you're still not training via NASM protocol. I'm like, well, listen, there is no such thing. You're making that word up. They don't have a protocol. It's silly. And they're like, yes, we do, and you're not doing it. I'm like, okay, um, all y'all can go to hell. <laughs> and so it gets like that, you know. You're like, well, if you fire me, you're going to lose X amount of money. And so they wouldn't do it. They'd, and it just became, you, you've seen it. It's terrible. Been there. So I started my thing, and, and what I started to do was what you see here. I just decided to take my methodology and open a little tidy gym and hope that we could talk folks into getting healthy this That's way. That's great. That's yeah. great. Uh, for the listener, I'm here live on location, and it's a beautiful facility. You have everything you need. It's um, not. It's got some really good it's, energy. It, thank you. You know what? Dude, you are a stud because here's the thing. Most people don't get it when they first walk in. I had these two guys come in this with a with a friend of mine who'd been here for about 10 years. And he brought his friends in, and he'd been telling them, like, you should see this place that I work out. So they come walking in with these high expectations, and you could see just the energy drain out of their faces. <laughs> like, huh, look at that. It's got writing on the wall, dude. He's like, yeah, isn't it cool? They're like, not nah, really. So then they walk out here, and they do it. And about 20 minutes later, one of the guys that had come in and seen my face fall when his face fall fell um, he comes walking back over to me. He's like, there's energy in here. Awesome. I get it. I get it. That's I'm awesome. Like, yeah. And you got it in five minutes. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely feel it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the writings on the wall. Tell me why those are important to you. I guess every single thing on the wall is a little voice that gets whispered in your head. Right. And in tip, typically, it's a, it's a voice that's negative. So you'll have this, this negative thought in the middle of a set, right? You'll be in the middle of a, of a workout, in the middle of an exercise, and you'll get this little thing that says, I can't do hard things. And I swear to you, the second you think that in your head, you'll look up on the wall and right over there above the mirror, it says, I can do hard things. And you'll see that. And then you'll see the one that says, dig deep. And you'll be in the middle of just about to slough off of one of your rounds or your sets or a little less weight than you thought you could. And um, you look up, and that'll be just a reminder. And I think all of these little things are pieces of everybody that's ever come through, and they're, they're little sayings that have meant a lot to me over the years and remind me to do my best and remind me who I, want, who I am and, and even reminds me what the purpose is. Like behind you, this says it's just because you're not, um, just because you're not sick doesn't mean you're healthy. Just a good reminder. I think those that. are things that you just need to know. I love that. That's great. What do you What do you think about the value of um, doing hard things in a gym um, and taking that outside of the gym with you? I think that's the point, right? Nobody comes in here. So we're a little different down at GPP. Nobody comes into GPP, and I would argue most people don't go into gyms to do exercise. 
Everybody that walks in here has an intention and a purpose outside of here. And the only reason they walked in here is so they could be excellent or better at that, right? So people will walk in all the time and they'll be like, I want to be a better dad. And the other day, my son and I were about to go hiking and I wussed out because I didn't think I could make it. Well, today, I'm going to start building on my son's and my, my relationship. And I know that this is the way to go do that. And if you look right there on the, the wall, there's a, an arrow that says, we do this that points into the gym so we can be, and that points out of the gym. That's the point, right? Exercise is not the point. That's where a lot of exercisers have it wrong. It's not the point. The point is the point. Whatever you find, whatever you want to be excellent at, that's the point. And exercise gives you the vigor to do it. That's the point. And anybody that gets that messed up has screwed it up, and they can't be successful, not long-term. If you think coming into the exercise, into the workout to be great, who, like to be the biggest or baddest or strongest in the world, I got news for you. You're wasting your time. And I can prove it. Watch this. Um, who is the strongest man in the world right now? Crickets. Don't know. No idea. Who's got the highest bench press in the world right now, and what is that number? Yeah, great question. Who's got the fastest mile time? What is that number? Yeah. I'm going through some of the most important things in people's minds, and nobody knows what those are. I can do that in a, in a group of 1,000 people, and there will be one person that has the answer to one. Why? Because it's not important, Right. The workout isn't important. Being the biggest, baddest, and strongest isn't important. What is important is what we intend to use the health and fitness for. Don't get that bent. Don't turn it into, I'm going to be the greatest at this workout, because that has no meaning. I just proved it. I love it. It's great. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have a particular story that stands out of somebody who leveraged that in their life and saw an improvement outside of the gym? I got a million. I bet you do. That's why I'm putting you on the spot. got a million. Um, <laughs> I'll just put, put it like this. Uh, the very first guy that I was involved in helping lose 100 pounds, his name was Jeff. Okay? When I very first met Jeff, and this is before we even got here, Jeff came in because he couldn't move. We don't know how much Jeff weighed. Jeff was probably well over 400 pounds. He's my, my height. I'm 5'9". He might have been a smidge taller than me. Everybody is. But he comes in. And I got a call back in my office and they're like, Hey, your next appointment's here. I'm like, send him back. And they were like, they waited a minute. They came back on. They're like, he wants you to come up here. I'm like, Oh, he's one of those. Huh? Fine. You tell that guy, if he doesn't get back here, he's out. I don't know why. I was just like that. Um, they're like, um, you probably want to come up. So I come out, I come walking around the corner and clear across the gym, like farther away, probably than that door is from us. I would guess that's, um, I looked up and, and like there he was Jeff was very large too big he was so big he carried a stool with him everywhere he went because he could only walk X amount of steps before he had to sit down Wow! right so old Jeff he and I start working together and I got a lot of fun stories about Jeff like the accident where one day I put him on the ground to stretch his legs turns out that's a bad idea for a guy over 400 you can't get them up. They can't get themselves up. And he didn't know. He'd never been on the floor before. He knew better than to go down to the floor. Wow. You, can you imagine putting 400 pounds on your back? You're fit. Having to try to stand up from the floor, tough. So we made all the, the big mistakes. But 
I remember the very first day we, he lost a ton of weight. It took him, you know, a couple of years and he lost a ton of weight. And at this point in his life, he was close to 50, had never been married, didn't have a family, was pretty much sequestered in his basement. And Jeff today, I just talked to him the other day, is married, has kids, has all of the things that he hoped he would have through exercise because he knew that that's what it would earn him. If he'd go and put in the work, if he'd go and do it, do the hard things, um, all of those things today that he manifested 20 years ago, he's got them today. That's a story. That's amazing. That's what it, that's what it does. That's what this stuff does. It's not about big, fast, and strong, right? It's not about big, and fast, and strong. It's about your purpose. Wow. What's your purpose? It's beautiful. Do you need vigor for that? You will. It's amazing. You'll need it. Well, thank you, Jeff, for the inspiring yeah. story. I got a hundred of those. That's I bet awesome. you do too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of change. Um, it's a it's a pretty amazing industry to be in and to be able to help people through the process. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, maybe we'll conclude this this section on that note. I've heard you comment on this before, which is why um, I'm bringing this up now. But I feel like in this industry there can be a sense of competition. You know, you and I both do the same thing and we train people and on the outset, it might look like we're competing with each other. Then there's also this way to approach it where we're building things together. We're creating together. We're not in competition. We're doing the same thing, but, but we have maybe different audiences or different messages or different voice that can include everybody. And I feel like you've articulated that really well. And I just want you to comment on how that's part of your business model. Here's the thing. Um, I think that I think that you and I are, have a, a special calling, right? I think we're the helpers of the world. We we have a a certain amount of help that we'd like to give people with. We have a certain amount of talent that we'll put into that. Um, I think that if you're truly a helper, you want to help everybody. And I'm always kind of surprised in this business how if um, you're claiming you're a helper, like I, I help people. That's my job. I would like to help you achieve your goals, let's say, right? Whatever those goals are, but then you'll suppress somebody else in yours and my business. So I see you as competition. I'll suppress. Well, wait a minute. You said you like to help people. I'm a people, right? I don't believe you now. And I'm telling you this, those people will wash out for the most part, but you and I, like we're fighting a losing battle so far. When I very first started this business, we were at 26% obesity in the United States. Okay. Years later, we are at 30%. Years after that, we got to 35%. And now I think I read a thing recently that was closer to 50%. Yeah, that's true. Okay. What that means is that you and I and others like us really need to band together. Because if we're really about helping folks achieve health through fitness, um, we're losing. And we're doing a terrible job at it. And I'll tell you why I think it is. I think that it's because we're, there's a bit of a disparity here. Like, I'm, uh, you know, if you're discouraging me, um, then we're discouraging whomever else we could have influence on. I think that the secret is that we all work together, we all band together, and we do it together. I think we'll do more for people's health together than we ever would apart. And I agree. I agree. And I think if, if somebody is better than you in the industry, that's that's great. That's somebody that you can learn from and yeah. gain from. Um, 
or or if you're that person, you can help other people that way. Yeah, look at you. I'm, I'm looking at your cool setup here, and I'm looking <laughs> at the fact that you're doing this kind of thing. And this this is important, right? And I envy it, and I, I'm excited that you'll share this with me. This yeah, is cool. this is great. Well, it's so great to have you on. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll move the conversation along. I love it. So it sounds like you may have come to a similar conclusion about um, working out that I did um, several years ago. I used to think that I really liked to work out. I used to really enjoy working out. And the more I work out, the more I think, no, I don't. I don't want to work out at all. This sucks. This is really hard. And, and I've learned over time that there's a way that you can do um, what I call like the minimal effective doses, where it's the least amount of something that's very effective. And I've heard you describe minimalist training and some of those methods. And so I'm very curious to hear what that means, what that is to you, and how you incorporate that in your personal workouts and workouts with your clients. I used to get near fist fights with Jan Whitaker. She's the head choreographer of the Utah Jazz Dancers. I trained them for about a decade. And I would tell her that I believe that there's nobody on earth that likes to work out. It's painful right? It's anti-nature. Your body hates it and it doesn't want to do it because it literally believes that there's not enough food in the world and that there's, if you expend all of your energy, you're going to starve to death and then um, you're going to get killed by the saber-toothed tiger when it attacks. And this is an emergency situation. I think people hate it, right? She would be like, no, people love it and I love it. And I'm like, I don't think you love it. Here's what I think you love. I think you love the benefits. I don't think people like it. It's painful. It hurts. Now, you can teach yourself that pain equals happiness, and there's a lot of people that do that in a lot of ways. That's what drug addiction and such is all about, right? But you can take this, and you can call it healthy and say, I love it. Fine. I'm going to let you have that. But here's what we do know. We're not addicted to the pain as much as we are to the benefits, okay? So now what that means is if you're really seeking the benefits, if you're looking for the benefits of exercise, then that makes exercise just a piece of this, not the actual point. It's just a part of the point. It's a necessary evil, right? So long ago, I was like, well, I'm not here to work out. I don't like it. I don't enjoy working out. I'm a, I'm a farmer's kid. I'm not going to go out in the field and piddle around out there for, without getting anything done, because that just means I got more to do, and I hate that. So I, somewhere along the way, decided that this is I started looking for a minimalist approach. Here's what I think. I think the goal isn't about doing exercising. It's the benefits. And I'm willing to do all that it takes to get my benefits. As long as I get all the benefits. I'm not here to get half the benefits or most of the benefits or unbalanced benefits. I want all of them. So I'm willing to do all it takes, but not one single thing that's my point. And so I created this thing that I, I call it minimalism. I'm a minimalist workout. And then people come out here on the floor and they get trashed pretty hard because we do some pretty intense stuff. And they're like, whoa, I thought you were minimalist. I'm like, yeah, all it takes. That's awesome. All it takes. Take me through a minimalist workout. What does that look like? Push, pull, squat, core. That's what your body does. Your body moves in four ways. It pushes, it pulls, it squats using its legs and it cores, right? 
And so once you kind of understand that you have, your, your body does certain things and that if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's how your body works. If you don't use it, you lose it. Then that mandates now your participation in all four things, right? And once you understand that it pushes, pulls, and squats, and cores, and understand this, like every movement you do is a piece of a push and a pull, or a piece of a push, or a piece of the combination, all of it, or all of it, right? Cycling is just a mini squat over and over and over and over. So is running. It's a mini squat over and over and over and over. So it pushes, it pulls, it squats, and it cores. And then once you learn that, you're like, all right, well, how many ways do I have to do that? Well, all of the ways that are healthy and beneficial. So I know how my body feeds itself. It, it needs either, um, it's either an, anabolic or, it, it, not anabolic, uh, anaerobic, right? So it's, you've got two types of anaerobics that you got to use and one ki- type of glycolytic that, or one type of oxidative you have to use. So as long as you understand the three major metabolic pathways and that you have to do all three of these things in a push, pull, squat, and core, and then you just keep in mind that you got to balance that top, bottom, left, right, back to front, that's a workout. So when you come here three days a week in general, I'm going to make you push, pull, squat, core in a heavy way, in a medium heavy way, in a very light way that's theoretically ongoing. I'm going to hit you from all the different places, and then throughout the week I'm going to balance that. Top, bottom, left, right, back to front. That's great. That's, that's awesome. That's a workout. Um, the next day you'll, you'll have a little strength training. So then the next day you'll have some more push-pull squat core and the three different metabolic pathways. The third day we're going to do an ab day. So Thursdays is always ab day. Nice. I think I'm the last trainer on earth still doing ab days. <laughs> that's great. Uh-huh. Um, wh- where do you place the importance of resistance training versus um, cardiovascular training? I put, it, put them exactly equal. Equal. Yeah, I think that you know, you're in nature, you would have, you would have done resistance training in every direction, right? Push, pull, squat, and core. And I think you would have done cardiovascular exercise. So lower intensity type of stuff, but you'd need them both. And here's what we know about that. We know that there are specific health benefits that you can get from strength training that can't be had with cardio and vice versa. Now that mandates your participation in both. And as a minimalist, I know that I have to do both to get all the benefits. And that's where I think a lot of people go wrong is they go jogging and they're doing half of a squat as they over and over and over and over and over for hours at a time. And they still have left to do if they would like all the benefits of exercise. They still have pushing, pulling, and squatting deeply and a lot of different core angles. They have to do those heavy, medium, and light. So they've still got an hour of exercise left after they've done their hour of exercise. And I think if most people knew that, they'd probably stop running for exercise or they'd start supplementing their running if they love it with other things. Interesting. I kind of think of those movements like running, cycling, a sport that you play is more of a skill. And you can do as much of that as you want in that context, but the workout is the workout. That's where you get the result. That's where you get the metabolic changes and the hormonal changes that create the change. And then once you've achieved that, knock yourself out, go do whatever activity you like to do. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I agree. I don't, I don't really see things like jogging as, you know, exercise in the way that we used to think of them. I, I think of that as like, that's a hobby or that's, that's great. You're active, you're doing something you enjoy and don't stop doing it, but that's not what's going to create true, meaningful change in the body. I love your thoughts on that, but they're going to burn your house down I after know, they hear I that know. you said as, that. As soon as I was the joggers, that, oh. the joggers are going to burn your house down. <laughs> they're going to jog on over and burn it down. <laughs> they really will. <laughs> um, I'm looking around the gym and I see a lot of different kinds of equipment. What, what is your favorite methodology to use? What's your favorite equipment to use? Um, for me, if I had a cave with big enough rocks, that would be my favorite. I mean, but, um, 
I'll, and this is all this is. This is just a cave with bigger rocks. I love it. Um, I've got, you know, I've got barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells. and I, I, Expensive I, rocks. A few years ago, I put some cables in, and they were even more expensive. But, yeah, I like to, I like to move your body in the way that it would um, in nature. And, you know, exercise is just what concentrated nature. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. What would you tell somebody who is maybe a little bit intimidated to get started? Get over yourself. Like, do you have a health goal? Like, if you do, get over yourself. I'm sorry. This is a hard process. And intimidation, you bet, it's intimidating, but that's part of the process. And you know, fastest way to get over it is to get over it. Lock in the door, start doing some stuff, and let's get it out. Yeah, yeah. we have a rule here. Um, the... If you don't feel like working out today, you're scared to do it, your job then becomes to walk through that door every single day, walk across the back, put your hand on the wall. There's handprints back there now. Um, put your hand on the wall, and if you've touched my wall and you still feel like you're not going to get your workout today and then you're, you're over it, you're allowed to leave, but not until after that process. Wow. I'd at least make them clean or something, like put them to work another way, like sweep the floor or something. They never leave. <laughs> That's awesome. They never leave. They come that. in, they smack the wall. And they'll go pick up a weight. I love that. That's great. Um, given given the the change changes that have happened in 2020, I think minimalist training is important now more than ever. I would say. Um, how do I phrase this? What what things have changed since the world blew up in March? For me, yeah. There's a lot of things that have changed, um, and I've watched. I've watched. Several things happen, and I think I'm going to probably get away from your question a little bit. Just hang with me for a minute. We'll wrap it around. Um, first thing I watched were incredible acts of humanity, and awareness and love went up, and I was so proud to be a human, right? That changed. That was cool. Um, pretty soon, everybody started looking at each other out the sides of their eyes. And where's your mask? Where is, uh, are you breathing on me? Do you have the vid? Are you the one? Like, are you a super spreader um and as things have gotten harder and harder and they have man like i was closed for two and a half months down here and my clientele is probably only 50 percent. i was gonna ask of where it was and so i'm a little desperate in my heart you know folks are a little desperate in their hearts because they've let things kind of get away from themselves like we all did um and now there's this this feeling of scarcity and limitation that I think you can't have when you undergo a healthy pursuit. And that's how I'll bring it back around is um, I think though, at some point we're all going to just relax. And I think if you just see that and just be like, all right, look um, that, that those self limiting thoughts of scarcity and anxiousness, um, I can't thrive in them. You got to let it go. So have I seen that? Yeah. So that's that's what I've seen. I, I've seen I've seen glorious humanity, and I'm seeing a little scarcity now. And um, I feel like the human spirit will rise above, and I'm excited to see the next state. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the minimalist training. I want you to go in um, descending order. So if like if I had three things that I could do what would be the third thing? If I have two things that I could do, what would be the second? And what's one thing that I could do as the very bare bones, minimal 
thing for my own health. And it could be anything, I, it, not just workouts, it could be, you know, nutrition or stress management or sleep, I, whatever, what, what th- top three, top two, top one thing should people be thinking of starting with the third? Okay. So the third, the, th- the third thing would have to be exercise, right? Do it. You need the dopamine hit daily, every single day, exercise in a deliberate manner, in a meaningful way with intention. Okay. So um, don't just go start doing anything. Understand that that's the best way um, to dig a crooked hole, right? If you know which way you're going to put your hole and, and where you're going to put it and how deep it's going to be, that's the best way to dig a hole. And I find a lot of people just dig in trenches. And they hate it. So do some meaningful, purposeful exercise. That's A. Okay. Understand exactly what your goal is and how you're going to accomplish it and then set out about doing so. Exercise is that. Two, I guess I would say nutrition. Get your nutrition right. So you'd put nutrition over exercise? I would. I would because nutrition is drugs. Food is drugs. And every single time you eat, you get a hit. And if you're doing that poorly, you're getting a bad hit. And I don't care how good your intentions are. You can't do good, meaningful, efficient exercise if you've got bad drugs in you. It's tough. Now, let's, let's keep that reeled in, though. Like, let's not go ahead and just buy into clean eating or this kind of eating or that kind of eating. Let's make sure that it's intentional eating, too, that's built specifically for you the way that, that you should have it. That's different. I think nutrition and, and eating right is a moving target, right? But every time you take a good hit, it'll improve every other part of your life, right? And if I had to say the third thing, I would say love each other harder, this love, is the number one. This is number one. Yeah. Love harder, right? You can't get your nutrition right if you're stressed and anxious. It's hard. You want to know what the number one um, roadblock in eating well is? It'll be anxiety. It'll be fear. It'll be some unhealthy thoughts, right? So thoughts are actions. And if we fuel those thoughts with bad food, we can't exercise through that. So if I had to pick those three, I guess I would put them in that, that order. Find something and someone to love and love them hard. You know, as you're driving along, do a thing where you, I got cut off and I'm mad as hell. This time, this time, love that guy. Just be like, hey, um, you're having a harder day than I am. Go your way. Bless you, man. Like, whatever. Yeah, I hope you're having a better day. Don't pile on, you know, don't pile onto it. Just be more loving. I think that's the answer. I think that's the answer. I think people will be healthier and happier faster if it just starts there. And I don't think you could go the other way. I don't think you could exercise your way to love, but you can love your way to great exercise. That's so beautifully said. I really love that. I'm glad you- A little corny, but- No, I'm I'm totally loving it. That's great. Let's, let's take a little break and come to our final segment. Cool. back with Neil Anderson. Um, Neil, anybody who knows me knows that I love to ask personal trainers what their most embarrassing moment is. Um, I feel like 
for some reason, trainers just have this ability um, to have some really good embarrassing moments and they get pretty funny. So I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you, what's your most embarrassing moment? Do you mean like today? <laughs> like, exactly. like you want this week? Exactly. I got a top 10 running for Reason. the month. It's my, my most embarrassing moment. So I would, let's categorize them. I have a couple maybe. Um, there was things that I did wrong and, or things that my clients did wrong too, that my clients did wrong because we're going to pick on them first. First of all, Chad. Um, I put Chad on a leg press machine. This is going back a long time ago. Chad was a hard driving stud of a man. What, what a great guy. Very successful businessman type. Chad comes in one day and he's like, uh, hey, I'm going out of town today. He goes, and um, I want all of my workouts from this week. I want them today. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of who that guy was. Awesome. And I'm like, hey, Chad, it doesn't really work that way. I'm sorry. And he's like, um, you work for me, and I'm not asking. Wow. Yeah, he was a hard Great. driver. <laughs> I'm running Chad around the world, and I'm, I'm beating him up. I throw him on the leg press machine, and Chad goes into a squat, a deep, heavy squat. I think we had over 400 pounds on that press, on that sled. And all of a sudden, he rips one really loud fart, like as loud <laughs> as it can be. And it was, it, it was timed so perfect because the guy – the, the music had just gone off. It was oh, between no. another thing. Everybody was kind of sitting there. There was no, nothing going on in the whole gym. 50-something people in there, and it echoes. <laughs> and we're all just sitting right there. And now he starts laughing. He's embarrassed, and he's laughing. He's deep in the hole with that squat. And, of course, when you start laughing, you can't push him out of it, right? He can't push himself out of it. So he's sitting there, and have everybody watching him in the bottom of this squat that he's doing or the bottom of this press that he's doing, and he's stuck. And I get on there, and I try to push him out, and he can't. He's laughing, and I start laughing. It was a fiasco. <laughs> That's amazing. It was a fiasco. It's a great story. <laughs> That's awesome. That was, that was one. Um, my most embarrassing moment, man, I got a lot of them. I got a lot of them. I brought this mom in one time, and mom was like, my son, he's a little awkward, and I need you to help him. I don't like that. Okay, I don't help anybody. You help yourself and I'll assist, but I'm not the helper. Okay? I don't like that. I think it I think it gives you the wrong impression of what this system and format is. Okay? You're gonna have to do the whole thing. So he's like, I want you to help. I'm, I'm like, well, that's strike one. <laughs> okay. She's like, and he's a little awkward and he doesn't like to talk to people and he probably won't may, make eye contact with you. So I was a, a bit of a young trainer and I was like, listen. I got him. I can help this kid. Trust me, I can help this kid. And I start talking her up. She's like, ah, you know what? Maybe you need somebody else. Maybe you need somebody that's more, more qualified. And I, I, now I got my ego involved. And, and I'm like, wow, I, I got all this going on. Pretty soon, I'm doing about the best sales job I can do. I'm just telling her how wonderful I am, how great I can help this kid, um, I'm totally turning on myself because I go from I'm not the helper guy to I am the end all be all. The greatest thing that ever happened to humanity. I am going to save your kid. So she brings him in. Next day he comes walking in saying perfectly like she said. He wouldn't make eye contact with me. He shook my head like a hand like a dead fish. He looked away when he did it. I was like, all right, buddy, here we go. And I'm, I'm really selling myself. The mom decides at the, at the same time she's going to sit and watch. And I'm on. Okay, I'm on. 
I, I know this is like, this is, I got to really prove myself. So I start dragging this kid all over and I'm talking and I'm trying to make it into this big thing. And we get over on the biceps curl machine. We've done, I don't know, maybe 10 exercises. My style is um, place to place and kind of cool. rapid sequence, you know, a rapid succession. I stick him on the biceps machine. He's sitting there with his elbows on the biceps machine. I go to hand him the bar. It's this preacher type of thing. And this guy just spews orange juice no. and Gatorade and bacon and eggs and no. every What a terrible lit- combination. Oh, this kid just hurled. He made the biggest puddle. He gets done hurling. He looks up. We look around. His mom is on her feet sprinting toward me just to save his life because, like, she's embarrassed for him. He looks up like this. He looks over at her, and he starts the fountain. Like, he just starts hurling more. I'll bet you he put nine or ten wretches in a row. I've never seen a bigger puddle in my life. And here I am humiliated because I said this kind of thing couldn't happen with me. Uh, They never came back. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. That's just a terrible combination of foods to come back out. Bacon, eggs, and orange juice. And I think, Uh, and he was carrying a Gatorade with him, and it was uh, that orange Gatorade. Oh, no. And you could tell it was just different from the orange juice. (laughs) And I saw every last swallow of it. Wow, wow. Plus whatever he had last night, I think it was mac and cheese. Those are, oh, jeez. Great, great moments. <laughs> That's awesome. You had them, right? Exactly. You've seen that same thing. Exactly. Look at you. You're like, oh, I've been there. Yep. I'm telling you, something about training just brings it out. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, before our conversation today, I asked if there was anything you were feeling particularly passionate about. And you, you mentioned, I believe you called it Optimize Over 40. Is that the, the term for it? Do you have an official program? Or can you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm creating one. So um, I think one of the voids in the world of health and fitness is the 40 plus. It's really tough to find some, and it's tough to find some good ones. And what you'll find, mostly, because I've gone looking for them, is uh, 20-year-olds telling 40-year-olds how to get fit. And I'm not positive that they know. And the way I know that, the reason I know that is I remember when I was 25 years old telling everybody over 40 and 50 how to work out. I had no clue. I really didn't know. I've got hip issues. I've got shoulder issues. I've got knee issues. I've got metabolism issues. I'm on certain pills. There are things that, unless you're there, you can't account for. And so I've become particularly passionate about helping folks over 40. And I think it's a, it's a dead zone of health and fitness. Can you explain the difference between what I would call like lifespan versus health span? I would say that the difference between the two has to do with your functionality, right? So you can get yourself to live 80 years, but uh, what are the last 10 like? What are your years like right now? Right. There's a lot of guys my age. I'm 50, and there's a lot of guys my age that are done, right? They're done, and that's not okay. We've got a lot of years left, and we've got a lot of good to contribute to the world. And unless you have a certain amount of bigger, you can't. And that's health span gotcha. versus lifespan. Just because yeah. you're alive doesn't make you healthy. I love that. I, I think of it as like, yeah, we can keep you alive till you're 80 or 90 or whatever, and you'll live a long life, but what if— for 60 years, you're type two diabetic and you have hypertension and you can't move well. And you're, you're on pills and whatever medications and surgeries like is that just doesn't seem like a great way to pass through life. Yeah. I think the thing I've learned from that is that we're all going to be there anyway. There are pills in my life. There are pills coming. There are aches and pains coming. And at my age, you got to have a certain amount of grit to get through it. And quitting's not an option. It's so weird. 
I'll get people to age out of GPP. GPP does some pretty intense stuff. They'll age out. They'll hit about my age if they make it that long. And they'll they'll just be like, you know what, dude? I can't anymore. I'm, I'm going to cancel my membership. I'm like, well, I'm sad to see you go. Um, but good luck to you out there and let me know if I can help you. So they'll, I'll run into them in town sometimes, and I'll be like, Matt, what are you doing? How you been? I miss you. Um, tell me what you're up to nowadays. Like, what, what, did you, what did you stumble into after you left my place? Nothing. Uh, you're doing nothing? Like, you're walking, you're doing something? No, no, I'm not doing anything. I can't exercise. You're like, hold on. So before you left my place, you were all about health, right? You were all about, I want a certain amount of vigor to add excellence to the world and, and my family and myself or whatever your goals were. But it would have been pretty high kind of minded stuff. Um, the, the very next day you're like, and now nothing, zero. If health and fitness was the answer before, now it's not like, how does that, how does that jive? And it's like, wow, well, I just can't figure out what to do. What do you think about the specific benefits of resistance training for people who are aging? They're, um, crucial. They're critical. You're going to need to resistance train. Remember, the needs of the young and the old differ by degree, not kind. We all need the exact same kinds of exercise, right? You need resistance training. You need medium training. You need cardiovascular training. You need flexibility training. You need it all. Your body has the ability to do it, which means if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you lose it, you lose the benefits of that health. There is health benefits that cardiovascular training can't give you, right? Can't give strength training that flexibility training can't give you with cardiovascular training. So that mandates your participation in it. So they're equal. You need to be doing both. If you're not weightlifting at my age, you're dropping the ball. But understand, um, you should be doing all of it at my age. Everything that we should have been doing in our 20s or that was helping us in our 20s is the exact same stuff we should be doing now. The difference is degree. Like, what degree of it can we do versus the kind? Maybe that's a little bit reduced, but that doesn't change the modality or the things you need to be yeah. healthy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if, if flexibility is important in your twenties, it's more important in your fifties. Agreed. Right. If, uh, being able to lift heavy and understand the health benefits that come with lifting heavy, like the, the bone density stuff, yes. there's, yes. there's even certain types of cancer that they're linking to, um, strength training, right? Like if you're not strength training, you're more prone to certain types of cancer, diabetes, mood regulation, it goes on and on. And understand that just because I do my walk up on the boulevard every morning and look at the turkeys, um, doesn't mean that I'm going to get the benefits of the strength training or, and, or the flexibility training. Yeah. So that's where a lot of folks have got it wrong. And that's where some doctors have got it wrong is they'll say, well, it's time to start walking. Well, that's, that's about half of it. As, you know, you got about a third of it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'll see pictures of elderly people in endogenous tribes that we haven't, you know, farmed over and shoved Bibles down their throat just yet. And you see these guys, they're 80, 90 years old, and they look incredibly fit. Mm. They look fantastic. I hear stories of, you know, grandmas in Greece in their 90s, and the tradition is that the grandmas will cook always. And yeah. these grandmas going up and down stairs with big, hot, Kettles yes. that are cast iron, yes. you're right. And they're fine. Right. You have to you have to just look at it. Mom and dad were farmers and I grew up with a I think unique 
perspective on what the human body can do. And it, it really did occur to me early on that if the human body can do it, it necessitates it. You have to do it that way. And I remember, you know, I'd, I'd go shovel ditches. We, we were, uh, we'd irrigate by flood irrigation, just cuts in a ditch. So I remember, you know, I'd take a shovel and I'd shove it in and I'd go to wrench it out of there. And if I had taken too much of a, of a, of a footfall, I'd never get it up. Right. Well, early on in my career, I realized that that was a rep. It was a heavy rep. That was a he- it was a rep so heavy I couldn't move it. Now you go back to the most people's lives right now and how we've kind of manufactured our lives in 2020. You'll notice there's never one thing that you do during the day that is a max effort anything, right? But max effort stuff happens in real life. You just watch the farmers, right? You watch them pull and push and squat and pull things. And understand this too. Every process in your body that feels good or and or feels terrible will have a health benefit linked to it. Take the sun, for example, right? The sun can hurt you badly, but your body knows that and it has created health benefits that you can only get by exposing yourself to the sun. Dude, preach. Does that make sense? So everything that feels really good there's a health benefit linked to that thing. So meditation and sleep, et cetera, right? Everything that feels really bad, certain types of pain, stress, anxiety, stress is a necessary evil. It's a necessary part of life. And there are health benefits linked to it, right? So the thought is the more of that stuff that I can participate in, the more healthy I can become because I'll bet there is a hidden benefit to those painful things and those Wonderful things. This is great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out here for just a second. Um, you mentioned earlier that it's you know the body doesn't necessarily want to spend a lot of its energy building muscle, um, you know, getting stronger, having better bone density, having more connective tissue because those are expensive processes for the body. And so that max effort that you said, I think that's so critical. What what does that max effort tell your body? Well, it it tells it it's under stress. Right. And it tells it to adapt. It tells it to change in many, many positive ways. And that's what you need. You just need a little stress. Pain is good. Pain is a necessary evil. Look for it. I I believe this. I think you only are allowed as much joy in the world as you can handle pain. Understand that the more pain I can handle, the more joy. I can get like the pendulum swinging one direction to the other. It's a weird thing that, that works like that. And so people that truly want to be happy, don't go for numbness, go for the pain, live in the pain, live where it hurts. I love that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then go so do nice. the joyful stuff. Like don't, don't just get bogged down in the pain. That's not the point. The point is the joy. Yeah. Use the pain to get the joy. That's the cool point. I that's, love that. That's the fun part. I love that. Um, I, I think lifting weights, to a maximum effort and, and practices like you mentioned, even like meditation teach you that not only, not only can you change your environment when something's uncomfortable, but you can also sit with being uncomfortable. You can be in a place of pain. You can be in a place of suffering and then it's okay. It'll pass. And, and I agree with you. I think the more you can adapt to that, the better, um, joy you'll feel on the back end. Yeah. Run at the stress. Don't run from it. I love that. Run at it. That's where the, that's where the change happens. Very wise. I love that. Well, we are going to conclude with, um, something my wife and I do at the end of every week. We ask each other the three questions. This is a reflection on what you did in the last week and, um, some things you've been thinking about or learning about or, or, um, things along those lines. And, um, 
we've, we've explained this before. We, we purposely choose the time interval of a week because we don't like to, we like to always be pushing and learning and striving and, and gaining, you know, something. And, and we yeah, wanna, don't rest on your laurels from 20 years ago. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't care what you learned a year ago. I want to know what you changed your mind about 30 minutes ago. So question number one, in the last week, what is one thing that you have learned or changed your mind about? This is, this is a tough question for me. Things that I've changed my mind about. Politics jumps in my head right now. Good one. Seems are there, like, are there politics right now? <laughs> right. What's going on? Um, seems to me like there's rooms for all different, all different views. And if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said, no, these are the views. But, um, the other side has some pretty poignant thoughts and things that I can incorporate into my world and I wouldn't be devastated to have to live them. I love that. That's great. Um, that, I think that's a great point. I think that's very unifying. Hmm. Um, second question, what is one thing in this last week that you wish you had done better? I wish I would have handled my temper better. Sometimes I just lose it. I say shit I don't. I'm not proud of later. So those are the... Those are the weekly things. You could ask me that any week. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's but awesome. I wish I'd have handled my temper better. Gotcha. Just go off at the hip, man. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to do. Third question. What is one thing you did in this last week that you were very proud of? I, I did. Uh, I invited a friend over last night and we had a big, long talk about all the problems in the world. And I'm, I'm super proud of the fact that I was able to reach out to a new friend and um, sit with him in a way that usually makes me intimidated. I'm a severe introvert. I, I, it's weird. You, you wouldn't think that a trainer that's around people all the time wouldn't like being around people, but I don't. And it's really uncomfortable for me to go and do things like this, wow. like what you and I are doing. I don't love it. In fact, I will avoid it. So I get pretty proud of myself when I'll go to the pain and do the things that I would rather just sit and be a hermit that's awesome. I'm proud of that. That's great. Well, we sure are glad that you took some time to come out of the shell and share <laughs> your wisdom and knowledge with us. What is one takeaway you would like to have people walk away from this conversation with? Um, if, I, if I could pick one, it would be support for you. I, I want folks to walk away with us. With, you're doing something super excellent here. This is above and beyond. Like, this has wings and it will fly. And if folks will support you, this is the kind of thing that if you'll go talk to people like you're talking to me and just put pure information of the health and fitness kind into the world where it's concentrated and focused and here it is, um, we're able to get better on every regard. So I'm super proud of you. I'm, I'm telling you, this is this is the right thing to be. Please support him. Like, oh, Please support you. this show. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Um, we hope people support you as well. You've given us your time and again, your wisdom and we're really grateful for you and for that today. My pleasure. Where can people find you? GPPfitness.com. Easy. Yeah, pretty simple. That's easy. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you, Neil, very much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. This was great. Um, we will be able to impact a lot of lives with this. And thank you for listening to Boundless Body.